Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a sales and marketing coach and LinkedIn lead generation service provider. I work with health, life, and mindset coaches and online service-based business owners to help them get more sales, shift their time to the client generating activities instead of just the busy work, and overcome that social media overwhelm. Let's get into the show. If you're ready to take on your next paying clients, I have good news. My free four basics of client attraction and how to stand out class is live at HaleyRowe.com slash client hyphen attraction. In the class, you're going to learn the top two traits I recommend for most coaches and entrepreneurs if they really want to turn this into a career. You're going to learn how you can build demand for your services and stop getting crickets on your posts. You're going to learn the sales roadmap I used to improve my sales conversion rate and help my clients do the same. And you're going to learn so much more. So go to HaleyRowe.com slash client hyphen attraction and get your copy of the class today. I am live and today I am bringing on a special guest to talk about speaking gigs and how to get them. So thank you for all of you who participated in the WorkSmart Black Friday deal. If you're hearing this very late, I apologize, but just want to say I'm so excited to work with all the new members. And if you missed out, you can still join WorkSmart. It just won't have the extra bundle bonus that Black Friday had anymore, but um, it's still on my website. And I'm going to bring on Aurora. She is loading. Hey. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good, good. happy holidays. Happy holidays, thank you so much for joining me today. And I am excited to talk with you because I know that you have a lot of experience with speaking and speaking gigs and all sorts of stuff. So why don't you share what you do first and then we'll go from yeah, absolutely. And I'm so thrilled that we were able to to get this done. I loved that we met. I think we met as part of a summit um, earlier this year. And so it's great to be able to connect with you again. I am a public speaking coach and a communications consultant. And I love helping people form and shape the knowledge that they have into pitches they can use to get on stages. I love public speaking because it's such an incredibly efficient marketing tool. Um, no other event can you go to, um, can you go to an event and be able to, you know, effectively network and share your expertise with every single person in the room. But when you are the public speaker, when you're the person with the microphone, every person in that room gets to know you and you get a chance to make a connection with them. I love it as a way to kind of fast track what we call, you know, know, like, and trust. So that's the thing that I um, just absolutely love doing is helping people get set up for success in pitching stages, getting on stages, and making those real connections that um, will help them build their business. Yeah, absolutely. I will always remember my one of my first, well, I've done speaking, but one of my very first ones, um, I actually got a client out of it, and I was just so surprised. <laughs> what? This, this didn't happen? And I had one, though, and I think you might highlight this when I ask you what you make when speaking and picking um, I had picked a topic and an audience that was not, <laughs> this was, <laughs> and I wanted to help teens be healthier and set good mm -hmm. and change their behavior. 
behaviors when they're young and they don't care about that. <laughs> I first stab at speaking when I was like, I don't even know, but it, I, it was an eye-opening experience and it reminded me, you got to pick what your audience wants to hear and, and the right audience. So tell us a little bit about what are some common um, things. Well, let me back up. If somebody wants to get into speaking and they've never mm -hmm. really, if they're a coach or a service provider or a consultant and they want to use that as a marketing strategy, what are some things they need to set up or think about or start with if they want to get into that? You know, it's um, it's so interesting because I get that question a lot and it seems um, so natural, like we should know the answer to that. Like, of course, I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to talk about what I know best. And the truth of the matter is we have to be, we have to kind of narrow down what it is that we actually know. Our natural tendency is, especially as service providers, are, is to want to help as much as we can. We're helping people. We want to see people get unstuck, um, move forward, make progress. One of the biggest mistakes I see that people make when they get on stage is they try to solve too many problems for their audience from the stage. And so one of the big things that I love to work with clients on is narrowing down, first of all, what are the problems their clients, their, their ideal client to work with? What are their problems? And then what is the one problem that you can solve for them from the stage? You don't need to solve all their problems up there. You need to just solve one. Um, you need to be able to give them something that'll give them a chance to make forward progress from having listened to you for 20, 30, 40 minutes. Um, what that does is it gives people um, a sense of what it is that you can do and it invites them to step further into your world. You wanna be able to invite them to know more, to um, make the connection that, wow, if Haley can solve that one problem for me in 20 minutes, imagine what I could do if I worked with her even more deeply. Imagine what I could do if I bought her course. Imagine what I could do if I had her book. So as you begin to start to think about, okay, I want to get on stages. I want to be a podcast guest. I want to be on virtual summits. Narrow down all the things that you know how to do for your clients and pick one or two things that you can actually solve in a presentation. That'll make your life much easier and you're gonna deliver something that's much more manageable for your audience to receive. Yeah, well said, I love that. And I learned that <laughs> I look back at some of my older presentations and I'm like, this is so macro and there's so many categories I'm covering where I could have picked one of the categories and like, so one of the lessons of the year is go deeper rather than wider one mini problem as you're saying or one piece of the whole puzzle and what about when it comes to somebody thinking well is that good enough is that giving enough value um i think the whole message of like less is more sometimes that, that is more valuable a lot of times throughout overwhelming somebody um your thoughts on that if somebody's like worried oh but is this good enough and I think all of us, you know, who are experts in what we do, we have that worry constantly. Is it is it enough? Because, you know, it's that um, that old saying, what's easy for us is magic to someone else. It seems easy, like it wouldn't be enough because we have mastered the things that we're trying to help our clients or potential clients do. Um, but really, it's it's really serving them better as a speaker to narrow down what it is that you can that you can give them. Nobody likes to sit under a speaker who's a fire hose, um, who's just 
pouring out so much and so fast that you can't you can't grasp it. I like to encourage speakers to kind of do an audience check when they're on stage. Is your audience, if, if your audience is a group of note takers, are their pens moving? Are they holding up their cameras to snap a picture of your slides? Are they engaged? Or if their pens are down and they don't look engaged at all, chances are good you're, you're, you're missing on some point and some of it might be that you're just giving too much and they can't absorb it, so they absorb nothing. Yeah. Now, what are some hacks for the nerves of, that is one of the biggest fears that everybody says. So what, what are some ways we can improve nerves? Well, I'll tell you, um, I've been a speaker since I was 14. Um, my first speaking experience was uh, when I was a finalist in a speech contest. And I remember being incredibly nervous at 14. And here I am all these years later still speaking, and I still have to deal with some nervous energy before I get on stage. And it doesn't matter if I'm speaking in front of a small group or a large group, the nerves are there. This is probably my number one nerve, nerve hack. Um, if I'm, whether I'm speaking live or I'm speaking at a virtual event, I always try to arrive early. Now, especially if you're a speaker, you should be the speaker who arrives early. No host wants to worry as to whether or not their speaker's actually gonna get there. But especially at a live event, you want to get there a little bit early and you want to be able to see and meet the people that are coming in those early arrival arrivals that are coming in for your session and what i like to do is go and introduce myself to those folks L learn their names just ask them a couple questions about why they chose the session to come and let them know hey i'm aurora i'm your speaker today and i meet a couple of people and i try to meet people across the room then once i'm introduced and i get on stage what I do is I look for those people because now I have new friends and it's a lot easier to speak to your friends than it is to a whole room full of strangers. And I actually direct my early comments, the, the beginnings of my presentation to my new friends. I move to each one of those people and that helps me get into a really great flow, helps me kind of work out that nervous energy. And then once that, once I can feel myself settle in, I can start to move my gaze and expand myself to the rest of the room and start making contact with other members of the audience. But it's always easier to do that. I also encourage you, you know, take some time to take some deep breaths before you get on stage. Um, really be thoughtful about your pacing. You want to make sure that you're breathing well. Once you get on stage, there's that um, tendency some of us might have to kind of hold our breath. And when you hold your breath and you try and talk, what happens is you run out of breath, right? And then all of a sudden it feels like you've been running a marathon because you can't breathe. So what you wanna do is get on stage and try to normalize your breathing again because there is an adrenaline rush that happens when you hear your name and you step up. So normalize your breathing again and get comfortable. Lock eyes with those new friends and get into the flow of your presentation. Those are the things that I know I love to do to, to really kind of settle those nerves and give myself the best chance for a great performance. I love that. And I think another thing to remember is like, everybody's rooting for you. It's not like you're in a room where people want to fail or be nervous or feel weird. Like It's so true. Yeah, and the other thing is practice so much that even if you do black out, <laughs> it'll come out like ingrained it's absolutely and i think one of the things that is super important to remember is that no one wakes up in the morning 
knowing that they're going to an event where there'll be a speaker and saying, oh, I cannot wait to see a train wreck on stage today. Like no one wakes up to no one wakes up feeling that way. Everyone in the audience is rooting for you. They came, you know, wanting to hear a great presentation. Um, they are for you. If you have, I've had this experience where you have the dreaded tickle in your throat and it just grabs you. And we've all seen speakers or maybe even just seen video of a speaker who's had that experience. It's horrible. It's really hard to deal with. But, you know, you end up in a situation like that. What do you do? You've got to step to the side. There's well, sometimes those coughs. There's nothing you can do but cough it out. You step to the side. You do what you have to do to get that tickle, you know, scratched out, come back to the podium, take a sip of water, apologize to the audience, and you keep going. They're feeling for you that this is happening to you. Now, obviously, there's things you can do to prepare to, you know, try to mitigate that, you know, something like that happening, but it's going to happen, and your audience is with you. They're never against you. Great tips, yes. And what about getting speaking? So, all right, I, let's say I have a talk and I think it's pretty good. I want to start getting out there. Where can somebody start? Do they need to get a booking agent? Should they just start reaching out locally? Tell me kind of your process. And stuff. You know, um, I always think it's important to kind of start for yourself. Um, booking agents are great, um, but there's an expense connected with that. And sometimes when you're just starting out, that's not an expense that you're willing to take on. But one of the things that I think is super important to do is um, have a lot of clarity about who your audience is, like really who they are. And once you know really who they are, you can start to research where do they gather? Where do they get together? What live events do they, do they attend? What virtual summits, what Facebook groups are they a part of? What, um, who are the other influencers in the space that they follow? Um, once you have a sense of where they're going to gather, the events that they are interested in are going to start to fall out. And then from there, you can start to do the research. Who's the organizer of that event? Uh, how do I contact that person? And once I've got those two pieces of information, I'm sending off an email saying, hi, I've just learned about your event. It looks fantastic. I'd love to partner with you um, to help you serve your audience. How do you select your speakers? I'd love to offer a topic for you to consider for your next agenda. It's about relationship building. Um, I can tell you that for a lot of live events, they start working on their speakers probably anywhere from nine to 12 months in advance of their, of their planned event. So I always like to tell people when you start researching events, chances are good for the ones that you really, really want, you're probably a little late and that's okay. There are lots of other speaking opportunities that you can um, dive into while you're waiting for that opportunity for your you know, choice event. But do that research. Find out where your people are gathering, and that's how you're going to find events that you want to pitch. Amazing. I love it. And I love the little template. Everybody can write that down. You know, how do you select your speakers? I'd love to offer a topic. Um, and what about volume of that? Some people are going to say, well, that sounds great. But that sounds like a lot of time. And how do I reach out to enough speaking opportunities where I'm um, um, going about that? Well, what I what I like to how I like to think of this is that 
you know, most speakers, especially even the professional ones, do not wake up every day getting onto a live stage. They may get onto some stage, but it's probably not a live stage. Um, you can be, but the, but the truth is, is we can all be speaking every single day. So even what you and I are doing, Haley, is a speaking opportunity for both of us. For you, you've created your own stage with this live event, and then you've invited me to join you. Um, that's this. What we're doing is possible for any speaker. You can be speaking every single day. I also love the idea of being able to fill your non-live speaking time with other types of speaking. You can be um, a guest on a virtual event. You can be a guest expert in someone's coaching program. You can be a podcast guest. Um, there are all of these different types of opportunities. So. Yes, it does take time, but what I think is so important is that if you really narrow down your audience and narrow down what it is they're listening to, who they're following, what they're watching, you're going to start to see that it's a pretty tight list. And then from that list, you can prioritize who you want, what opportunities you want to pursue and go after. Um, you may feel like maybe some of those bigger stages, like, okay, I may not be ready for that one yet for any number of reasons. It might not be bad to start from the bottom and work up rather than starting from the top of your list and work down. Okay. And what about, because like I have heard that you need a book, or if you really want to get the big speaking gigs, you got to have a book to help you so much getting into what are your thoughts on that and do you have a book do you think this is important so you don't have to have a book but i will say there is there is something magical that happens when you can say that you are an author and a speaker there just is i i've, I've experienced it myself i have my own book um, it's get picked, um, all of the tips and tricks and tools that I've learned over the years and how to create great speaker pitches. Um, and I've watched books change the trajectory for speakers. So if you are a speaker, I do think you should be an author. If you're an author, I absolutely think you should be a speaker. Neither is required, but both are exceeding, you know, extremely helpful. So you know, a book is a lot easier to write than it used to be. We've got a lot more tools available to us these days. Um, I know of um, a, a really terrific AI expert who um, teaches you how to use AI to supplement your own writing, not write it for you, but supplement your own writing so that you can write a book in a really short period of time and you can self-publish. I think that's the other way that you want to, if you want to expedite getting a, making a book available to your audience is to self-publish because you have all the control as opposed to going after a publishing deal. Um, if you can do it, I definitely think you should do it. If it's on your bucket list, you should make it, you know, flag it as a priority. Um, it, it, it is definitely something that is game changing for, for speakers, for sure. Okay. Awesome tip there. I, I have, I don't feel like writing a book is on my bucket list, but I do feel like if I do speaking gigs, I have to have, I should, um, I don't know that desire to like be an author. And maybe this is why I'm more into speaking is because I like writing, but, um, if somebody's like, okay, so I want to get there, I want to speak and maybe they want to start with, um, summits or, or local um any final tips as far as things they should be aware of or 
things that um, how long it, they like just giving time enough time for things like anything you want them to be aware of well i i definitely think that people should should realize that speaking is a bit of a long game it's um you know it's a bit of a relationship building you're going to pitch yourself you're going to wait for responses it is a bit of a long game so you need to kind of be prepared for that um but the the one thing that i would make sure that you're very clear on is that when you pitch any one stage for any kind of opportunity it doesn't really matter from podcast to live event what you're actually signing up for is becoming a part of that stages that hosts team they have an obligation and a responsibility to provide a great program for their audience right they've worked hard to build that audience they may be selling tickets to that audience and so they've got this obligation to present a great program and what they want to know is that the speakers that they bring on are are actually linking arms with them to present that great program so when you pitch yourself what you want to make sure is very clear is i love what you do i love your audience like you love your audience and i'd love to be a part of what you're doing to create a great experience for them and then you want to deliver on that you want to make sure that you're super responsive. You want to make sure that your presentation has um, great content in addition to the fact that you're also trying to encourage them to come into your world and into your community, but that you've got great content for them. No host wants to present someone who, you know, is just kind of coming on to be all about themselves and seeing what they can get out of the people in the seats. So really kind of you have to kind of turn yourself just a little bit it's not that you don't have your own agenda or you don't have goals for your speaking gig you do and they should you should honor them but you also need to know that you're embracing the goals that the host also has and it's important that we you know um, present ourselves in a way that communicates that we are about supporting them and what that does is it makes you the type of speaker that one they want to have back if they have another event and you definitely want to be invited back and it makes you a speaker that they have no qualms about referring because speaking hosts stage hosts know other stage hosts and they love to be able to make referrals of who they've had on their stages that 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 were great and you also want to be someone who's referable yeah yeah okay and two actually more questions i might forget the first one is what is um if somebody's like, oh, I, I have no idea, I'm new to this, I don't know, what is a normal rate? How do I determine? Um, any tips for that? You know, rates run the gamut, I think, right now. Um, for something like being a guest expert in someone's group as a one-off, like a one-time guest expert, um, I myself have been paid anywhere from $300 to $700 for like a one-hour presentation. Um, I've been paid um, $2,500 for a live workshop that I did that was just um, maybe a couple of hours. All of those things I think are, you need to weigh against your experience. I love for, for live events, start with $2,500 and, and then scale up. The minute you get someone that agrees to pay you $2,500 for a live presentation, the next time you pitch that, you take your rate up. The next time you pitch it, you take your rate up. Now, every time you're taking your rate up, you're also improving on your performance, right? 
um, leveling up that delivery, leveling up the content that's in there. You're wanting to make sure that you're giving more as you are receiving more in fees. Um, you also should not, you know, don't despise the day of speaking for free if it gets you in front of an, of, of an absolutely ideal audience or speaking in front of an audience that will allow you to, um, to, to pitch a service while you're there in exchange for some affiliate income for the host. There's lots of different ways to make sure that you get paid. Regardless of what you do, whether you speak for free or you get a fee, you should always get something of value, whether that's a testimonial, a referral, um, if it's a live event you choose to speak for free, am I getting photos and video of myself speaking? There's always things of value and you have to make decisions. You've got to weigh, is this worth me doing it for whatever I, what I may or may not get in financial compensation? Um, is it worth it? with what I'm going to get for these other assets that are going to be very valuable to me in the future. I love the way you answered that because I say the same thing. It's like, there's more value than just money. Sometimes, If you're at the summit, that is going to be probably free. You're going to do that for free, but you're going to get a lot of email subscribers, which you would normally right. pay for, or you'd have to put your time, blood, and tears into marketing to get those. So, you're right. There's more forms of currency sometimes than money. And if you're just starting out, you need to just get out there and do some free pod podcasts are usually free, you know, summits. Um, if you're actually speaking at a conference or something that obviously those ones would be more like paid, I would expect. So what about you? You mentioned calls to action in your talk. Mm -hmm. This is actually something about when you get to the end of your talk or throughout, I don't know what you how do you tie in what you do well and and do it in a way that's not too salesy or pushy or whatever, um, but still gets the message across about how what's their next step with you? Well, I think that the one the first thing you want to do is you want to check with the host about what they're comfortable with, right? What what's the kind of relationship they have with their audience? Are they going to be comfortable with you making a you know sharing with the audience about a paid offer? Are they just comfortable with you sharing um, your lead, your free lead magnet? Um, are they comfortable with you if you're an author? Are they comfortable with you selling your book in the back of the room? Like, what is the host comfortable with? And that's gonna that's gonna guide what you can do. Now, once you've got that, um, you know, secured, what you want to do is make sure that your call to action and how you deliver it and how you present it. Um, stays in that serving the audience mode, right? So um, I have a lead magnet that I love to share with people. It's a checklist. Um, and I always kind of lead into it as I'm closing my presentation is you're all wanting to be speakers. And if you're going to want to be a speaker, you're going to want this, you're going to need one of these. And I have a tool that's going to help make that super easy for you to create so that you're not stumbling in the dark on how to make one always come at it from that place where I'm still serving you well, even though what I'm asking you to do is, hey, just sign up for my email list and I'm going to send you this checklist. You want to just make sure that it ties in really well with what you're, what, what you're presenting. And that being true, don't be afraid um, to create something new if you have to. Um, it might be that your regular lead magnet doesn't match up as well with the presentation that you're 
you and the and the host agreed that you would deliver make sure that they are that that it's seamless for you to be able to make that that offer um, because if not it's just like this hard left turn and your audience is left like oh wait a minute you just spoke to me about all of this and now you're asking now you're offering me one of these like why do I need one of these if all we just talked about was this so make sure that it all goes together so that the call to action feels very natural and again if you've done your job well from the stage which means you've you know, tackle that one problem, that one challenge that the audience um, has, and you've given them some great um, content to be able to move forward, they will just naturally, there's no better feeling for me as a speaker than when I get to the end of a live presentation and I see my audience, I've, you know, put a QR code up on, this, on the screen and I see my audience, everyone lifting up their phones to snap that code. That's the best feeling. That's when you know you've done your job. It's the immediate affirmation that you have served them well. Yes, totally. And when you say the QR code, um, random question, how do you, you, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> QR codes, you know, they're, um, they've become so common in the world. Yeah, you know, even at my church, if you want to sign up for the ladies Christmas tea right now, you snap a Q, you know, snap, use the QR code to get to the payment page. Um, you can create you QR codes really easily on in places like Canva. And that's where I go to create my QR codes. There's um, um, actual, you know, QR codes that you that they will actually generate for you. And then you click on it gives you a place to drop in the link that you want the QR code to connect to. You drop that in, save download it as an image. And the next thing you know, you've got a code that a working code that people can snap a picture of and get to your sign up page your sales page, wherever it is that you're wanting them to go. It's a great tool. I it's one of those pieces of technology that I've just come to love. Yes. I love it. Amazing. This was so fun. And I <laughs> up some new things I'm really excited about. So tell everybody where can they find and connect. So um, I would love to have everyone. I'm going to tell you about this checklist that I offer. And I'd love to have everybody kind of jump. <laughs> I wish I had my QR code right now. But I am going to tell you and we'll put it in the um, uh, I'll make sure I put it in the comments so that you can find it. But I have a, um, a great checklist. One of the things that's super helpful for a speaker to have is what's called a speaker one sheet. And it is exactly what, it's, what it says it is. It's one sheet. You'll create a PDF um, that includes things like your bio and the things that you can talk about. Um, maybe some pictures, maybe some testimonials. But I have a great checklist that will help you create one really easily so that you can create a one sheet and as you're pitching yourself, as people are making, asking questions about you, making inquiries about your availability, um, you might be in some Facebook groups where people are wondering like, hey, I'm looking for a speaker. You can just upload your, your, one, your speaker one sheet to be able to easily and quickly give them um, a chance to be able to see what you can talk about. So if you'll go to get picked to speak forward slash checklists, you will be able to grab it. Um, I really love the checklist and I've gotten some great feedback on it. So I hope everyone will dive into that. Great. Well, I can tell you're a speaker voiced and I loved the interview. So I will talk to you soon and thanks so much for coming. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.